Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Our friendship has always felt easy, to me at least, and that's what I love about it. You carry few expectations apart from that trait, kindness and consideration. It's meant that even though sometimes our comms have ebbed and flowed, we've always managed to be there for each other when it mattered. You're the type of friend I want all my other friends to meet because I know if they get to know you, they'll love you too. Welcome to Love Letter to My Friend, the podcast where friends write and share letters of love and thanks with each other. Hosted by me, Lisa Smazarski, and her friend, Alex Walker. Today, we're joined by Charlie Brinkhurst-Cuff, journalist at the New York Times and former editor of Gowdom. Charlie is also the editor of the books Black Joy, a new anthology that explores what it means to be black and British today. She joins us with her friend of 15 years, Natalie Brumo, who she met at school on the outskirts of Edinburgh. As two mixed-race girls growing up in an area that lacked diversity, they knew they were destined to be friends, and their friendship helped them navigate and learn about their cultural identities. Following lots of years of fun and friendship, they made a decision to retrace their roots, Natalie travelling to Nigeria, and together they went to Jamaica to meet Charlie's family. These trips made a lasting impact, not just on them as individuals, but as friends too. Both Charlie and Natalie moved to London at the same time, but to separate universities and saw their lives take different paths. But their unique and easy bond has helped their friendships stay strong as their lives changed rapidly around them. Almost a decade later, they remained the best of friends and have watched each other proudly go from teenagers to adults. Today, Charlie has agreed to share that journey with us. Charlie and Natalie, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having us. Yeah, it's an exciting prospect being able to tell Nat how much I adore her <laughs> to the world. So. Are you yeah. nervous about her hearing your letter? Are there anything um, in there that you think, oh, I've never said that to her before? No, I don't think so. But I think it's just more the prospect of being vulnerable with anyone is a bit scary, isn't it? Yeah. But like, there's nothing Maybe. in here that she doesn't already know, I don't think. No. <laughs> Natalie, how are you feeling? Oh, do you know what? I'm actually feeling nervous to hear it because, yeah, like me and Charlie, we obviously share a love for each other on a daily basis over WhatsApp or whatever or calls, etc. But yeah, I think it's actually hearing it and I can get emotional sometimes. So mm. if, I, if I do, please ignore that. <laughs> no, no, I, I think that's part of yeah, it's part of the journey, I think. And it, I, like you say, Charlie, it's so unusual to be this vulnerable with people, actually, and to open yourselves out. And I think that's both as the person writing the letter, but also 
hearing it, but it is beautiful. I promise. A positive experience. Okay, Charlie, then whenever you're ready, we'll hand over to you. Okay. Actually, you know, the thing I'm most worried about at the moment is just stumbling over my words, but I'll try my best. Okay. All right. Dear Natalie, I don't remember the first time we ever hung out, but I do remember that you were always kind. In our high school playground under the shadow of Fetty's Academy, you complimented my hair, made friends quickly and easily, a shapeshifter from Granton on the outskirts of Edinburgh, who moved between groups and was sometimes seen with her little brother and sister in tow. Many years later, when our friendship solidified, I remember going to your house after school one day and doing an impromptu photo shoot in wigs and brightly coloured clothing. From there, hanging out at school and studying together progressed naturally to partying at the weekends, weird and wonderful nights out and the odd sleepover with our other best pals. Our friendship has always felt easy, to me at least, and that's what I love about it. You carry few expectations apart from that trait, kindness and consideration. It's meant that even though sometimes our comms have ebbed and flowed, we've always managed to be there for each other when it mattered. You're the type of friend I want all my other friends to meet because I know if they get to know you, they'll love you too. Somehow you always know the right thing to say to people, or they just get the sense that you genuinely care. You've always worked so hard, at least two jobs when we were getting towards the end of high school, if not three. I worked just a few shops down from you and I'd come and see you on my lunch breaks, standing behind the counter at 7pm. I don't think either of us necessarily predicted in those early days that our hard work and our studying in particular would lead us thousands of miles away from home. I was very happy when you decided to move to London for uni too and remember so clearly the two of us wandering around Greenwich with our mouths open. Imagine you get a whole law degree from that magical campus. As two mixed race girls growing up in Scotland, I'm glad that we found each other and so glad that both of us now have been able to go back to our roots, youth to Nigeria and meet to Jamaica with you in 2016. I think Jamaica will always hold a special place in our hearts. We had so much fun partying on the beach, making friends with funny tourists. Let's be honest, you're the one who made all the pals. Eating so much dirt chicken and finding hidden waterfalls in Kingston. And if you genuinely decide one day that you want to build a house there, I will happily come and visit each summer. I'm unbelievably proud of you for so many things, for creating an independent life for yourself under tricky circumstances, for traveling the world, for looking after the people you love, holding down jobs that sound mad complicated and sometimes stressful for making some of the bravest decisions I've ever known a friend to make. What I want you to know is that you will always have a family member in me. You're the sister I never had and you are so loved. Thank you for being my friend, Charlie. She cried. Yeah, <laughs> just a little oh. bit. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Such a lovely oh. That was oh. beautiful, Charlie. That was actually really, really beautiful. <laughs> I've got many, many things that I could have picked out there like, oh, you've actually just aired that. <laughs> but, you know, no, that was really nice. Thank you. Do you uh, share some of those memories, Natalie? Do the wigs stand out for you? <laughs> you know what? I don't remember that part vividly, but I remember many trips like throughout town when it was absolutely freezing, me and just about next to nothing and Charlie being like, what are you wearing? You're wearing like thigh high boots and it's, <laughs> it's icy and, you know, like cover up, you're actually chattering and... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we um, spoke about this the other day. Actually, I think it was like it was New Year's Eve, probably, and like we would have only been about sixteen or seventeen, if not a bit younger, actually. And just Nat just rocking up, genuinely in this like belly revealing crop top, and there was it's Edinburgh, so there's snow on the ground, and like <laughs> yeah. we we did that classic thing, I think, where we like kind of all told our parents that we were 
staying at someone else's house but really we didn't have anywhere to stay and so I don't know why we decided to go back to Natalie's house because Nat lives like on one of the furthest parts of Edinburgh and it took us like it was like it must have been over an hour like walking in the snow and like me like me Natalie and our like a couple of our other like best mates like just like traipsed in like absolutely wrecked like it was just so bad but we got back and you made us um you made us like really spicy chicken and chips. That was really good. Yeah. There are amazing memories. And actually, when I was listening to your letter, it really reminded me of my friendships at school. It's just so, like, you know, so much nostalgia when you think about it. And again, I've got a photo shoot as well of me and my friend Zoe, like completely humiliating now so that we nice. like to get out. <laughs> and just so you want to do. So it's I sort think of like everyone's this, done right, a passage. Yeah. Do you guys think there's something special and unique about a friendship that starts at school and sees you through the entirety of your life? Because you change so much during that time. From my perspective, I think if you have remained friends with someone from high school up until now, there clearly is a, a real a strong friendship there. Because um, there's so many other friends that, you know, you make along the way and they sort of serve their purpose for there and then and for specific parts of your life. But Charlie and me, we've grown up from high school kind of teenagers to full-blown adults together. So that's that's really special for me anyway. Yeah, no, definitely. I agree. And I think it's been really nice, actually, like I kind of say it in the letter that like there's been times where we've like been together more and like not been together. Like we've never, me and Nat have like never, I don't have ever think had an argument, never fallen out, anything like that. But just like there's been times where we've chatted more and times where we've chatted less or we've been together more and been together less. But it's like the strength of our friendship means that that's fine and that's been good and healthy. And like at the moment, I think, especially during the pandemic, there's been a wee group of us who have started like working out together and just like it's been so good just having that group of people who know you so intimately and know you so well to like see you through this like period of time where you just don't have those normal connections with the outside world so yeah I know I definitely think there's something special about high school friendships and I I don't know if it's the same for you Natalie but like for me like I'd say still the majority of my close friends are from our high school rather than anywhere else they are well our group of friends that we, we made in high school that we still have, like you say, the ones that we work out with, the ones that we go on holiday with, the ones that we speak to in the group chat, you yeah, know, yeah. day in, day out. That's my main circle of friends, if you like. Obviously, you make friends wherever you go. But yeah, like if you want to call them the OGs, then <laughs> that's how I would I would put it. Yeah. What drew you together, do you think? Because actually, if you think I think it's quite interesting with friendships that travel time because actually you change so much as an individual as well. But if you think back to the beginning, what was it that made you want to be friends that connected you? Was it Hayley? <laughs> <laughs> Different person. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah. me and Natalie was, as I said in the letter, Natalie always got on with everyone. So she had lots of different friends and lots of different groups. But, like, I'm trying to think of the actual reason why we started hanging out more. And like, was it Haley? <laughs> I think Haley was the the middle woman. Yeah, um, yeah. She, yeah, she introduced black. us a little bit more. Um, we knew of each other, but and the thing is, where we we grew up in the school that we went to, it wasn't that diverse. So if you saw another mixed race person, you thought that was going to be my friend anyway. So I was like, oh, another mixed race girl. Like I can be her friend. We can like have things in common. You know, we've got similar hair. She might understand the struggles that I go through as well. And she did. I think we've spoken about this before, Charlie, but I think you also felt that that was a factor as well. 
Yeah, I mean, that's kind of the reason why I mentioned the hair thing in the because I think that is that is genuinely the first conversation that I remember us having in like our second year of high school. And you came up to me. I got uh, such a clear memory of this. Like you came up to me. Uh, you know that that bit where like Mass and that used to hang out like opposite. Oh yeah. Phase. Yeah. So yeah. That, sorry, there's this bit in our high school where like different groups used to hang out, and Natalie sort of came up to me there and was like, "Oh, I really like your hair," and I was like so insecure about just every facet of my being at that age because you're you know you're a teenager, and that just really meant the world. <laughs> that really meant the world. So I never really forgot it. And even though we weren't properly friends from that moment. Yeah, as a black girl, figuring out your hairstyles, it was like a big thing. And I think it's been really valuable just having someone in that space who can like understand things in like a racialized way. And we collected, we collected more mixed race friends as the year which went by, like more like mixed race girls that like, joined our school. And now there's like a wee group of us who are all friends from that period of time. So yeah, it's been nice. I imagine that's been pretty essential though. If you say it's not a diverse area that you grew up in, creating a community in your school, I guess, is where it starts. Yeah. It's got to be, you know, in terms of confirming your identity and you, and you talk about going back to your roots you go to Nigeria and Jamaica together and go on a journey to sort of discover more about your own heritage I mean that sounds like a really big moment of your friendship you go now yeah <laughs> um, yeah definitely I mean well Charlie never came to Nigeria with me but I went in um the last year of high school so we were pretty much like thinking, oh, yeah, you know, we've got everything figured out. We know what we're going to do next. And I was like, OK, for me, I would really like to go to where my dad grew up and meet my grandpa and extended family, etc. And Charlie was just so supportive of that. I remember some other friends were like, oh, no, but you're going to be gone for the whole summer and you won't be able to do this and that with us. And Charlie was like, go, like have a great time and come back with all these stories. I want to hear about it. So I think. I've always had that support from Charlie and I don't often tell her because I feel like it's just something she should know. But I'm obviously really grateful for the fact that she stands by me, you know, whatever decision it is I want to make. And also she she gives good advice. So she's always there to like help me reason out. I'm feeling a bit anxious or I'm not sure about what I'm about to do next. But Charlie, maybe you want to talk a bit about Jamaica because this was more... Yeah, your thing, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I think it was like really random. Like I think we were literally in Natalie's house one day, and like, I'd, I'd always wanted to go to Jamaica to like find my roots, find yeah. my heritage, understand myself a wee bit more. And I think we booked it like relatively spare of the moment. Like we kind of looked up because I think both of us like we don't necessarily come from households where there's like a huge amount of of cash for like big flashy holidays or anything like that. And I think we must have maybe been working, I think, was it like the first year of uni? It was after we finished uni. So maybe we had just had a little bit more like disposable income. And we, we were able to find this like really nice, like quite cheap kind of, um, what do you call them again? Resort, which we stayed on in Negril. And it was really beautiful. And and then I also kind of got in contact with my great auntie, uh, Garley. And we went and stayed with her for a while. It was a proper adventure. Looking back, we should have planned it a lot more than we <laughs> did because we just like rocked up to Auntie Garley's house not with really that much money left for like hotels and stuff and thankfully she had like a little flat where we were able to stay for a few days and it was definitely the most interesting holiday I've ever been on and I did feel like I got a greater understanding of my background and like a couple of my cousins like drove me and Nat around and like showed us a good time 
I mean, it sounds incredible. And I imagine doing that with someone means that you can bring it to life afterwards as well. Yes. You know, someone else can understand who you are and where you come from and your family members that you've met and you're talking about. It's an amazing experience to share with someone. It was also just an amazing holiday. Yeah, yeah like, it's just like a right <laughs> laugh. Yeah. Any holiday right now sounds like an amazing holiday. <laughs> the other thing that really struck me when I was reading your letter was that you said it just felt easy, an easy friendship. And I think there's something so lovely about that. Most of my school friends, that's how I feel, that ease of a friendship where, like you say, you can pick up when you see them. There's a lot of just old jokes that you keep on whipping out, but it's yeah. actually really <laughs> nice. I think there's something really lovely in the ease of a friendship. I really value that. You said you'd never fallen out. There's never been No, issues. not to my memory anyway. <laughs> not to your knowledge. <laughs> Natalie's like, ah. Might have fallen out with you not told you. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, I don't think that we, I don't think we've ever fallen out over anything major. I mean, we'll always have differences in opinion on certain things or, you know, there might be times where, you might not like what I've said or I might not like what you've said, but it's never affected the friendship. And I think the good thing with Charlie is that I'm able to, you know, put my point of view across without any judgment. So she'll she'll take that and accept it for what it is. And if, you know, if she thinks it's, it's you know, materially wrong, she might put her arguments across and try and persuade me. But yeah, we don't follow. I don't think so. No. For me, that's the type of friendship that I'm always aspiring to, like people who cause drama and like, which I've had a few times, you know, you start making friends with someone and then you figure out that actually this is going to be a lot of hard work. That's, I'm just not interested in that. I just think that all friendships should be like not pure because like, yeah, as Nat says, like every now and then you are always going to have a difference in opinion. But like if it's costing you more than, than you're kind of getting in it, then that just doesn't make sense to me. And I just want to be able to chat to my friend, have a good time, hang out with them, have a good time and not have this kind of like very like fractious relationship that I see some of my other like pals like maybe having with some of their other friends. Yeah, I really relate to that, actually. I mean, I, I'm very much of the no drama school <laughs> of life. <laughs> yeah. it's like, you know, but actually that comfort and ease, I think, I guess, grows from changing with each other doesn't it you know you've you've had to adapt at different points I'm guessing at some point you both started in Edinburgh there must be some point where you then divide off and go off in different directions when did that happen for you both well we both moved down to London for uni at the same time at the same time okay so you did travel together okay yeah but like I actually think that interestingly it was during that period that those three years of uni that we probably saw Mm -hmm. the least of each other because I think we were both preoccupied with our own kind of little world that we were creating in London. Yeah. But it was it was still, despite that, it was good to know that I had that I had Natalie there. Like if things really went to shit, then I could Yeah, just yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> You're in the same city at least. Yeah. During that time when you met back up with each other, was that we were talking about this before, that sometimes when you haven't seen a really close friend for ages and all of a sudden you see them again and their accents changed a little bit. Um, as you can tell, I'm really Northern. And whenever I see my Northern friends and I notice they're trying to peter the Northern out, I'm like, nah, uh-uh. <laughs> was there times when you saw that the other person had maybe started to change a bit and you were like, ooh, who's the new Natalie? Or maybe when you saw their new friends and you were like, ooh, not so sure about these. <laughs> or, or... <laughs> I'll let Charlie go first 
than that one. She mentions this a couple of times, so I'll let her. Um, I'll let her well, batter me I, over I this. Don't, I don't know what Natalie's referring to, but I do know that her accent did change a little bit when she moved to London. Yeah, because I was born in England, so like my accent is has always been a bit like amorphous. But like Nat comes from quite a broad speaking. Scottish background and then she started using all these London slang words and I was like oh my God. No, I'm joking I'm joking but like yeah no but that was one thing I didn't notice in terms of like you know that person has changed or they're not like no like Natalie has always been Natalie and like yeah I think if anything it was like it was just like lovely to see her like come into herself like more if that makes sense and I think it aligned with like me coming into myself a wee bit more as well so there was never any like I can honestly say I've like never we've never really had an argument like I can I don't think I've ever like held any judgment towards you Nat like ever like it's just never something that comes up for me in in my head so yeah uh, beyond obviously judging you for like your London slang words like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I knew you were going to bring that up so I still I still pick up the London slang words because George my partner loves all the slang words that he picks up from the the children that he coaches but yeah it rubs off on you when you're you're around it right um, <laughs> I'll try not to use any of this <laughs> I'm, I'm like literally waiting I want to hear them I now yeah they're just quite embarrassing <laughs> 
a big something with some other girls or another friendship group Charlie will always be welcome and I'll always make a point of saying like this is going on and it's more because I know that she'll enjoy it it's not just to bring the friendship groups together but it's because I think you know what she'll like that Sunday brunch or she'll like that cooking class or whatever so it's that's the reason why you know I would get her involved and I wouldn't want to miss out on seeing her for a weekend just because it's a separate you know friendship group yeah that's my take on it anyways I don't know what Charlie's is <laughs> no no I completely agree and like as I said in the letter like I like introducing you to people because you do just get on with everyone <laughs> or like yes. maybe like 99% of people I mean I can't think of any examples right now so that probably says a little bit like um but yeah Nat always gets on with everyone everyone always loves her like it's yeah yeah she's a great a great friend to to um to introduce other people yeah it's an amazing compliment, actually, to hear someone say that out loud. And certainly we don't, it's the type of thing you don't say normally. When you're listening to Charlie say you're kind, she's really proud of you, how does that make you feel, Natalie? It does make me feel emotional to like hear it in the letter mm. because it's this is obviously like a dedicated space to say everything that you feel about your friend. But it's not a shock because not because I, I know that I'm so kind or because I know this forever, <laughs> but because Charlie makes it clear, like, throughout the friendship that that's what she feels. So yeah. she'll say, like, oh, my, my God, like, I'm really happy that you did that or I'm proud of you for doing that or whatever. So it's always, like, positive vibes with Charlie. She's never putting you down or, you know, not calling out your wins. And that's what, what mm. I like about her and our group of friends, actually. We always, yeah. like, throw each it's other up. Yeah. exactly yeah and you don't get that every day sometimes you, you've got friends who won't even acknowledge you know the fact that you've you've done something good or you've overcome something so that's what I'm happy about with our friendship Charlie yeah so the importance of hearing it actually it's like you know it, it, like you say it can be quite easy to forget that sometimes you just need to hear it as well don't you it's like you, you need the support or I, I thought it was interesting earlier Natty when you were saying that you were choosing to go back to Nigeria and, you know, some friends were like thinking about themselves. They were going to miss you. It was, but actually Charlie had you at the center of that and what that was going to do for you. And I love you saying, I want to hear all your stories. That's just such a, an amazingly supportive thing for a friend to do, actually, I think. I don't, I don't remember that at all. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you I'm glad I do. Yeah. No, I do remember the stories, though, which maybe tells you something. I do remember Natalie sort of, like, telling me about... It was like a compound you were on, wasn't it, Nat? Like, with your... Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, my granddad stayed within, like, a gated community. So it was in Lagos, and, yeah, it was just basically a case of you couldn't really go out. And I think I was telling Charlie about like the fact that I felt so restricted and stuff um, and I wasn't able to be in contact at that time yeah 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 because yeah, it's, it's tricky wasn't it like um yeah I feel like I heard from you maybe like once or twice that summer but like I do remember you saying as well like how much you loved meeting your various aunties and cousins and all that kind of stuff and she like took loads of pictures there was was there like one little boy who, who like really loved you or something Am I remember yeah that? so, so yeah. that was um that was my dad's little brother um, oh, yeah. So, yeah, but he's now a full-blown adult now as well. And, <laughs> yeah. you know, it was so long ago. I think he still loves me, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's been a while since I've seen him, unfortunately. 
not so little. So now what brings you together? You've talked about you do your workouts together. It sounds like there's a lot of food actually involved. You mentioned brunch and cooking. Like what are the things that connect you now? What? How do you like to spend your time together? I think you've just described it. Really. <laughs> it's a good way to spend time together. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Eating, hanging out, like working out, like those three things, I feel like. <laughs> yeah a lot of our friendship now evolves revolves around food doesn't it yeah yeah, yeah. so it'll basically being like charlie like i really don't want to chill in my area this weekend i'm getting bored all right come over you know i'll make us something i oh, know you don't have to you do that all the time <laughs> and then there Secretly, are, you're like... <laughs> exactly i know that if i go to charlie's i'm gonna get like five star service so she, oh. <laughs> she looks after you she's a feeder and we we both love our food so and and also charlie does a lot of baking just putting that out there so you often leave with like some home-baked goods <laughs> oh the very yeah. best of them you do sound like the ultimate <laughs> <laughs> i don't know yeah i have my moments okay one thing about natalie <laughs> this is my least favorite characteristic about her is that she chooses <laughs> to live in areas that are so inaccessible like the whole time we've lived in London pretty much she like lived in Eltham she lived in Plumstead now she's gone to flip in Basildon which is not even really in London anymore <laughs> um, so yeah that's the only negative in our friendship is that she's hard to hard to physically reach for me yeah, that's I why mean, you yeah. beg for her so she'll come yeah, she'll, she'll travel come. different she has to come <laughs> yeah you often criticize me on my choices about <laughs> where I decide to live um I just not near yeah. train stations in it like <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the fact that you've managed to keep going despite that, that's testament <laughs> itself to the friendship. You're going yeah. to Basildon, it's like, you know. Yeah, I mean, I've only, I've only been once so far, but I will, I will come again. <laughs> Molly's also got this really cool, like, she's got, the, you know, one of those little scooters. I had such a fun time on it last time I came up. That'll, that'll lure me back. It's, it's like, yeah. you're going to go on your scooter again. Just got to buy toys. Got to buy yeah. toys. Yeah. Buy, buy toys Hoverboard next. Yeah. <laughs> when you're together, what's your chat like? Is it all bands? Are you into the deep and meaningful? Like, what do you share when you get together? Do you take on subjects and tackle them together? Do you turn to each other for advice? How does that play out? I think it's a mixture probably a mixture of all that you've said Lisa so we uh, there's obviously banter there because who wants to go to their friends and not have any banter <laughs> it's a bit boring then isn't it there's often like drinks of some sort <laughs> which get the banter going there's also talk of deep and meaningful subjects and also like really pressing social subjects as well because that's something that we're both really passionate about I don't know Charlie mentioned in the letter that you know I did a law degree and the, the background to that is like my ethics and what I think about society, et cetera, and how I'd like to change it. And obviously Charlie's pretty much the same, but she just does it in a different way. So yeah, with, with our friendship group in particular, I think that we, we do discuss those things, but then it'll always be, you know, we'll bring it back to our individual lives as well and what's going on there. So it is just like, it's a free for all. Really. Yeah, you move yeah. between it. But I, I do think that's interesting because obviously sharing values is really critical in a friendship, isn't it? It's like you've kind of either don't necessarily have to agree on everything, but you've got to come from a similar school of thought or get through a conversation like to get your perspective. And that feels like a big part. Actually, I can relate to that with Alex. I mean, we spend a lot of time doing that. You go through these really big topics and then you might just be like back to what you're having for dinner. 
but yeah. <laughs> you know it's like I think that is really quite a critical part of how we connect to people isn't it yeah 100% I think especially with the events of last summer I think like and the Black Lives Matter movement like we definitely had a lot of conversations about that at the time and I think we've like maybe I mean correct me if I'm wrong Natalie but I feel like we've both maybe like just with the recent so we're speaking obviously I think probably less than a week after Derek Chauvin was convicted for murder of, of George Floyd and I think it was like a real reckoning with well certainly with my politics and understanding of what justice looks like and actually I think Natalie said in our group chat the other day that it was a phrase I've heard being said quite a lot at the moment but, but it's very meaningful which is that it was accountability but not justice I think that that's a really a really crucial thing that we definitely align on is um our sort of politics around race but I think one thing like I felt more able to lean into in the past years like uh, with our friendship I remember I was going through a really tough time at work like last year and we went on like a spa day and I hadn't really spoken to anyone properly about like what had been happening because I kind of felt like not that my friends from home wouldn't understand but that like it would just be more like but anyway I ended up chatting to Natalie about what was going on and she gave me such great advice and I just really really appreciated that at the time and since then I felt like a lot more able just like to talk about work stuff and I think that's probably a symptom of us like growing up a bit in that like that's a big facet of our lives now is like actually like dealing with like what we would probably once would have thought was quite like boring chat actually is like very important to our like well-being and and stuff and so yeah it's been interesting to see like the way the ways in which the conversations change and a lot of our group chat at the moment is taken up with like I'm applying for this job and like I'm like and like are you negotiating your salary and like all this kind of stuff that's definitely been one change I don't think we kind of spoke about work stuff that much up, up until relatively yeah yeah I think that that's it. I guess as it becomes more and more prominent and dominant in your life, it, you know, the conversations and dynamics change around it as well. I mean, Charlie's obviously doing some incredible work, shining a spotlight on being black and British and talking about, well, particularly for women and girls, I guess, actually creating a community through Galdem. Natalie, what has that been like to witness? Have you been proud of Charlie through the work that she's done? Proud is like an understatement. When I actually think about the the work that Charlie's put in and the impact that it's had, and I'll be honest, like I don't think I've ever said this to you, Charlie, but I never realised like how good you were. <laughs> like, no, I obviously I I knew that you're obviously a great friend and stuff, but I'm talking about in terms of your profession and the lens that you would go to to make sure that that article was where you wanted it to be, or you know, there's so much background work that goes into journalism that I'm sure you will be aware of but I wasn't and it was only when like Charlie said we started talking about work stuff I would often like have separated out the work Charlie from the friend Charlie but now I just see her as one because it's obviously like you say a part of her values etc so I feel really proud and you know if you just go on like Instagram and see like things like that I'm like oh wow okay you're actually having like quite a bit of reach and I'm really proud of that. Oh, thanks, mate. When you look back at your school versions of yourselves, could you have imagined it playing out like this, that this is what you'd be doing, the lives that you're living? No. I mean, I certainly, I didn't even think that I would, like, necessarily... So, like, I think there was, like, a, a little group of us where, like, we didn't necessarily come from, 
like backgrounds where like you would have necessarily thought we would go to uni and all that kind of stuff like being the first in our in our immediate family to like go and like da 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 and my friends are really smart so like obviously maybe I should have predicted it but I think (laughs) I think certainly for me as an individual I just I don't know what I thought I'd do but I just didn't think it would be this I didn't think we'd be here and living in London and you know I yeah it was completely outside of my field of vision up until we were actually started doing it if that makes sense yeah yeah how about you Natalie yeah, I think it's the same for me. Um, well, first of all, I never thought I'd be in Basildon. <laughs> <laughs> Living in Basildon. Yeah, I mean, if I look back to teenage Natalie and teenage Charlie, I never saw, well, I never saw just the two of us in London for a start. <laughs> um, I did see us going off and, and doing something that we both wanted to do, that we were passionate about at that time. But yeah, I didn't think that we, we'd still be here in, in London I thought maybe we'd move back to Scotland or yeah. something like that but yeah obviously life's had its twist and turn so far and we've decided to stay and I think that I'll be here for the foreseeable future and I think the same for Charlie as well yeah definitely quite a few of our friends like went off to China for like a few years which oh, was wow. like a random yeah a random thing that happened but we've been slowly persuading them like oh do you want to come so yeah we'll see we'll see how it goes do you think you'll ever go back to live up in Scotland again Nat what do you reckon I thought about this so I really regret not exploring Scotland to the extent that I could have when I lived there yeah <laughs> and, and obviously I was born there so there's so many beautiful parts that I just I never got the chance to see and you know I don't know I think that it's very quiet compared to down here sometimes there's not the opportunities that you might get down here as well but maybe I'll retire there <laughs> yeah yeah do all those walks see all those kind of yeah. like, far-flung places yeah it's interesting I think isn't it when you live in a country like Scotland which obviously is quite immense actually but you're populated around the cities uh, so you've just got to take your holidays there. That's what it's exactly. Yeah, sure. the yeah. yeah. I've got one last question. Natalie, what would you like to say to Charlie? And would you be tempted to write a letter back? <laughs> oh, you've put me on the spot now. <laughs> I don't I would be tempted to write a letter, but I don't know if I would share it with the world. <laughs> <laughs> I might just share it with Charlie. <laughs> what I'd like to say to Charlie is that you are in my eyes unstoppable and you can achieve whatever it is that you you want to achieve I know that you've had a couple of blockers a couple of road blockers along the way and there's things that you know have affected you and got you down as well but you've always come out good on the other side and I'm so happy and grateful to have a friend like you that I can basically call on you know any hour any day if I'm stuck you'll always be there and I can come over to you and we'll resolve it normally together so thank you for that thanks mate you're gonna make me cry now as well (laughs) (laughs) which seems like the perfect place to leave it with you both in tears (laughs) (laughs) thank you so so much for writing and sharing your letter Charlie and for both of you for joining us today it's been so brilliant to hear about your friendship thank you thanks for having us I loved that. I love both of them. And it's just, yeah, a friendship that you completely, I recognise. 
and just aspire to as well because they were obviously such brilliant supportive friends and I think something that really stood out to me is that they seemed so completely supportive of one another's successes which actually I have to admit it's not always the case you know I have got some friends where I absolutely love them but sometimes you know when they have a success a promotion or whatever you get that little sting of oh oh and you don't really know why you feel it because they're your friend and you love them you're happy for them but you know it reflects somewhat on you whereas I could tell that they did they didn't feel that they just felt genuinely happy when the other one succeeded I mean, you can really relate to it, can't you? Because you know there are times when you want something for your friend so badly. Like, you want them to win. You want them to get the job. You want it. And, like, you really want it like you want it for yourself. It's it's quite an amazing feeling. But you're right. It isn't definitely guaranteed in every single friendship. Obviously, they can be quite competitive. It can be about benchmarking. Yeah. But I think that's one of the things I like about our dynamic is that you know, it's like, particularly because we've worked together for so long and you sort of live through actually loads of highs for both of us, you know, different opportunities. Never, never have I felt like we've been envious or competitive or any of those I things. Felt that. And that's what I can see with those guys. It's like this absolute, like, I want you to have the best. And I think when Natalie was talking about Charlie saying, she told me to go to Nigeria. That really stood out for me because I was like, you can know the other friends are like, I'm going to miss you. I want to party with you. I want to do these things with you. It's about them, isn't it? It's, you know, and and it's like, you know, it, that's because they love you. They think you're brilliant to be around, but it's like, this won't be necessarily the best thing for you. It is, isn't it? And it's like, actually, you think of so many things, so many instances in friendships where Actually, when somebody fully just wants you to do what is right for you. So I don't know, on a night out, if you say, I don't fancy drinking and they're like, come on, drink, drink. But actually, it's not right for you to get really drunk that night because you've got a whatever the next day. But they don't care at that time. Because they want you to be that other person. Yeah. Yeah. And to just I mean, that's really common in friendships, isn't it? I want you to be on the wavelength I am on today. You come to me, not I'm coming to you. Yeah. And I think that's good food for thought because it does make you reflect on times when you might not be that perfect <laughs> in a friendship <laughs> scenario. No, um, but yeah, I think so. And I think we can see that in each other, can't we? When, that's what I always think with our friendship is like, I know what you need, you know what I need. And we're like, I guess you move around that, don't you? And you're like, I'll, I will support you in whatever your choices or decisions are, even if they don't align with mine. I wonder if it is something to do with going through something really life-changing together. So obviously for them, it was child, you know, they they journeyed through school together and, and then their life and you and I working together for 11 years through a really significant period of time. I think when you've lived through and seen somebody change, maybe that is what makes you feel You've grown with them. This sounds very deep, but, you know, you've grown with them and therefore you feel more supportive of them as they change. I don't know, but... I don't know because I think it's such a heartfelt feeling, isn't Mm. it? It's quite visceral, actually, because you're sort of like, I feel it on their behalf. Like, I want it for them. You know, it's sort of, I don't know, I'm clutching my gut here because that's where you kind of feel it is... And you're like, you know, you want to defend them if someone is sort of going, come on, do this, do that. And you know they don't want to do it. You're like, leave them alone. I've got their back here. 
I don't know. I think that's about the strength of the connection. I'm not sure where that comes from. There's a very unique place that you land. And maybe when you get two people with a very similar perspective, because I do get the impression that Charlie and Natalie really come from the same school of thought. They think and feel in the same way, it seems. So maybe that's it when you get those unique moments. Because we're not friends with everyone who is identical to us. Some of my friends are very different to me. But when you do come together and have that, it's quite special. It is. I think also there is something so special about your friends from school. I think both of our, I know your best friend, Zoe, and my best friend, Kim, they're both friends from school. I met my best friend when we were five. and We're still best friends today. And, you know, it's so easy because all you need to do is remember that really embarrassing thing that happened when you were 11 and you're just hysterically laughing and no one else is part of that little secret club that you've got and it's it is really nice one of the things actually their story made me think about was that um when Zoe and I were at school I think we were about somewhere between 11 and 13 quite young still I don't know why we did this this is so weird but we must have done something at school, but we decided to dress her up as William Shakespeare. <laughs> so weird. And then I cut her hair to look no. like William Shakespeare. What? And then I took some photos of her. How is she and so I was with you? <laughs> I mean, her mum was <clears throat> livid, as you would imagine. And I don't know why we did it. I look back, but it was all about the photos. <laughs> it looked like... We just thought it'd be really funny. We should got a back, like a waistcoat on the wrong way around. But neither of us can find this a waistcoat. waistcoat. No, one of us, a waistcoat. They were all the rage back then. We've got pictures. Yes. <laughs> you know, even though I am slightly younger than you, the waistcoat was a thing. I have picture a shoe, a photo shoot of me and Kim. And we used our rabbit, well, my rabbit, as a prop, but whilst wearing the waistcoat and one of the floppy hats. <laughs> so we're just we're just posing with this rabbit whilst wearing waist so weird but there were a lot of photos of some people <laughs> but I think what's interesting about those friends because I could really relate to the fact that you go on these different journeys and at times you know what they didn't have and I definitely have had is moments of envy where you're like oh they're moving on from me and then you come back together and you're really close but there can definitely be waves of whether that's just you're going through different things in your life, different paths, different directions. And it's never caused issues, but I've definitely felt those things over the years. I think it can be quite challenging. So I think if you can still have a brilliant friendship this many years on, you know, it's sort of over half my life. Let's go for about 30 years um, <laughs> with, uh, with one or, you know, a group of friends who've sort of travelled with you. It's amazing, isn't it? And you know where someone's come from. You know what that means about them as a person. You know, you understand their values based on who they were as a child. I think that's really interesting. Or their family or their upbringing or the big moments in their lives that might have affected them or the trauma or things that yeah. you've navigated together. So there's tiny things that happen to them as children. For both me and my best friend, you know how that reflects today and that's still yeah you know they still navigate those issues from when they were kids and if you instantly know that's what they're feeling or thinking based on that it's, yeah they make for a good friendship and clearly they have a brilliant one so thank you again to Charlie Brinkhurst Cuff for writing and sharing her friendship love letter to Natalie. Charlie is the editor of the books Black Joy, a new anthology that explores what it means to be black and British today, focusing on moments of happiness and joy that well-known black Brits have found in their lives. 
and Mother Country, Real Stories of the Windrush Children, a leading new exploration of the Windrush generation. If you've been inspired to write a love letter to your friend, and we hope you do because we are on a mission to reclaim love letters for the most important friendships in our lives, we want to read and hear yours. So hop over to our Love Letter to My Friend account on Instagram, DM us your letters and voice notes, and we'll put our favourites in future episodes. We'd like to ask you a friendly favour too. Please do follow Love Letter to My Friend on Apple Podcast, Spotify, Castbox, the Acast app, or wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget, if you rate and review this podcast, it will really help us to reach more people. Thank you so much for listening, friends. This series is created by hosts and friends Lisa Smasarski and Alex Walker, and is an II Studios production. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.